0: This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you give five bucks a month, uh, you get ad-free episodes of the show. And if you give anything more than that, uh, our eternal pleasure and other perks and <laughs> bells and whistles.
1: Oh, I want to mention one perk I am working on because uh, there is somebody who I owed a cross-stitch to. If you donate at like 25 bucks a month, I think, for two months, you get a, I, I'll make you a cross-stitch. And this person asked me for a cheesy blaster um, <laughs> cheesy blaster uh, cross-stitch from 30 Rock, which is a one or maybe two-off joke from 30 Rock, but I just happen to really like it. So I'm currently crafting a, a cross-stitch that says, thanks, Meat Cat, and it's got a picture of Meat Cat. And if you've seen 30 Rock, that's very funny. I have
0: no idea what you're talking but about. But
1: this is the kind of thing I am doing with these these prizes that we give out for for whatever (laughs) thing is for Patreon. And you're going to go far, far away. Yeah. Yes. I am going back to Portland, Oregon. Um, I'm leaving this coming Wednesday, which doesn't matter. What matters is I'm having a small uh, meetup. Well, it's probably going to be small. I'm just kind of calling the shot there. Um, a meetup on Friday, October 22nd, 2021. Um, it's at 6 p.m. local time, so Pacific time, at Migration Breweries Gleason Pub. So there's like a couple bars under the Migration uh, Brewery name, so Gleason Pub is the one we're going to. That is Friday, the 22nd, at 6 p.m. If you are thinking about coming, shoot me, I don't know, a tweet, shoot us an email, uh, hop on Facebook, Discord, many ways to get a hold of us, just so we know how many people to expect. I think we've got, like, six so far. It's very exciting stuff. (laughs) All right.
0: All right. Uh, let's start with this annoying little story. Oh, good. You know how if you are living in a state and your friend is getting married and they're like, hey, Jess, can you perform the wedding for us? Uh But we'll set aside the legal issues here, but it's one of those states where you have to have a religious like leader do the ceremony it can't just be a random friend
1: well i Um, luckily do not live in one of those states nor would i visit one so this (laughs) is not a thing i've run into sometimes (laughs) some
0: people do this thing where they're like well i want to do the wedding for my friends Uh but i'm not an ordained priest but Mm -hmm. i can go to a place online called the universal life church right where if you give them like a little bit of money Uh, you're ordained within like a few minutes. I
1: think it's like 40 bucks and they send you like a little laminate too. It's pretty cool. (laughs) It's quick and easy. And the whole
0: point is, hey, their whole church, wink, wink, is designed to ordain you in their Mm -hmm. uh, non-denominational, not really even theistic church. Right, right. Um, Because then you get to say you're a priest. Right. Technically that counts. Mm -hmm. And you get to do the wedding and all that. Well, there is a mother in Ohio. Uh, Her... Kids, I think her kid attends the Valley View local school district in Ohio, and they have an indoor mask mandate for students. Mm -hmm. And she is one of the moms that is very much against this because I don't know, masks cover up your face and that makes the baby Jesus cry. So she's wondering, how can I get out of this and spread COVID? Because that's clearly all she wants to do. Well, it turns out the district stupidly included a loophole in their mask rule, which says, you already know where this is going. Religious exemptions Uh are permitted, but only, you know, if the priest says, Yep, in our religion, you don't get to wear a mask.
1: You haven't said sincerely held yet. Usually that's one of the the buzzwords we get.
0: (laughs) Well, so this parent, Kristen Grant, got ordained by the Universal Life Church, Mm -hmm. and then she used that status as a priest to sign mask exemptions uh, exemptions for anyone who wanted them, and that meant over 150 uh, forms were signed by her.
1: Okay, listen. Stepping outside of the fact that this woman is a monster, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is a really good idea. Stop it. However... She is using <laughs> that very good she's using her good ideas for evil and that's not okay. That's
0: like you saying gerrymandering is brilliant. Well, okay, I mean Listen, the math is beautiful, be. <laughs> you know? Right,
1: right. <laughs> it's so elegant. <laughs> when they asked her like,
0: "Why is this a religious thing?" she said, "Well, there's a a Bible verse that says, "A man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God." Which is a, which is weird because like that. I mean, okay,
1: even in Bible talk, we have to say that there's a difference between covering your head and covering your face. Yeah,
0: like by her logic, a surgeon shouldn't be wearing a mask in surgery. I don't even think that It doesn't make any sense. The logic sense. is
1: there. It, to me, it just says you shouldn't wear a hat because yeah. God like fucking loves the top of your no- your dome, you know?
0: Mask, no mask. So basically she turns in or signs off on all these forms. Over 150, the district eventually received uh, 160. Sixty-nine religious exemption forms. She's over 150 of them. Wow. And the district is like, well, we don't really want to weigh your religious sincerity. <sighs> so we're just going to say yes to everybody, which meant all of her forms were a bit given a green light.
1: Cool. And guess so... what? There was a
0: surge of COVID cases by I... the end of the month. Did I anybody know. die? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Okay, here's what I don't get. Okay. I get the cruel brilliance of what she's trying to do, mm-hmm. and I'm with you. I'm like, I see what you mm-hmm. did there, but also, yes.
1: I don't I, have to like it, but I respect that <laughs> cunningness. <laughs> I wouldn't even say respect, but uh, yes, I know what you're getting it's at. It's a game-recognized game thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, here's the thing. The Universal Life Church, which has no creed of no. any meaningful sort, has two rules. One of them is you should do only that which is right, which I would argue, no. And the other is that your actions cannot, and I'm quoting here, cannot impinge upon the rights or freedoms of others.
1: Impinge?
0: Yeah, don't ruin anyone else's rights, right? Uh And their freedoms, which... Again, if you're signing off on these COVID mask exemptions, you are literally putting other people in harm's way um, by I think, doing it. I
1: think we've established it is my American and holy right to just kill as many people as I can, as passively as possible. <laughs> Especially if it's like a passive-aggressive murder. Daddy, could you fucking chill?
0: <laughs> so I wrote to the Universal Life Church, and I'm like, what is your stance on this? Because this yeah. is not what you designed Who your shit for.
1: Is that is uh, that president? Was,
0: I assumed it was a ghost. I was just talking to a random bot. Yeah. They don't have a hotline. I sent an email and someone wrote back. Um, but basically, here's what they told me: <laughs> ULC Ministries does not uh, does not make available any vaccine exemption letters. Like they don't have a standard form because they don't take a stance on that. Yeah. Furthermore, becoming ordained as a minister with ULC Ministries does not give a person the authority to create a vaccine exemption letter or sign a vaccine exemption letter on behalf of the ULC ministries. So they're saying, you can't do this. This isn't part of the gig. So we didn't give you that authority to do that.
1: So is that what the problem is, is that they are saying we di- we, the universal life church, who is honestly a guy in a basement office yes. somewhere in probably New Hampshire. Is that the one that <laughs> has all the fake, the fake places? Um, but like, so does that mean so if I was a pri- a Catholic priest yeah. could I only sign a vaccine exemption if the Vatican
0: In theory if the Vatican and the Vatican has said we're not supporting okay. these things So would a
1: Catholic Uh, A Catholic thing, a Catholic exemption? because you might have a bishop
0: or archbishop who says otherwise. It's not like the Pope said, I'm signing a rule that says you can't do it, only that, hey, this is a bad idea. We're not supportive of it. It's not a law or something in the Catholic Church. But the problem is that evangelical churches, the pastors who are doing this sort of thing, they don't have a higher authority. Oh, So it's like anyone can do it in certain denominations. But the ULC is saying, we didn't say that was okay. So I'm like, well, what are you going to do about it?
1: Uh, And they're like...
0: We cannot tell you.
1: I'm like, come on. <laughs> oh, it's a secret thing. Now you're a secretive organization. <laughs> we're calling the three witches yeah. in.
0: They were like, we would. They basically told me we have to see the exemption form. We have to have like proof that she's doing this thing. And I'm like, well, there's the article yeah. about it, but. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't... I mean, it's kind of like a...
1: they I mean, they do? could revoke her
0: priest ordination, which is, like, the lightest punishment anyone could ever receive from anybody.
1: But even if... Not, but it sounds like even if she didn't have that, like, granted, tenuous, quote-unquote, religious authority... Yeah. It seems like the school wouldn't care if it got revoked because they're like, ah, rubber stamp and everything through, no big deal.
0: It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, the district needs to close the loophole is what they need to do. I'm not saying religious exemptions are okay for certain denominations. No, Mm -hmm. just say we're not taking loophole, uh, any exemption letters unless it's medically related. Mm -hmm. And that applies to probably, what, one kid somewhere? So, like, that's it. Just close it. Stop making exceptions for... A virus that doesn't care what your religion is. Mm -hmm. So, whatever. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm waiting for the update on that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's another story that just took me by surprise. Wait, really quick. Before you say
1: this, I want to plug at at the end of the podcast. I had a banana story that happened to me today that I told him and I wanted to tell on the radio. We both immediately forgot about it. So, by the end, I'm going to tell this story.
0: Radio story on the list. Radio
1: story. This week.
0: Uh, the Vatican, since we're talking about them, they announced that Pope John Paul I, who was Pope in 1978, uh-huh. and, last, and he was elected Pope, and the smoke came out of the Vatican chambers, uh-huh. whatever it is they do, and then he's like, I'm the Pope, and then a month later, he drops dead. Is that true? That is true.
1: Is that why John Paul II was the second? Uh, he just like... Yes. They, they, the paint wasn't dry yet, so they're like, we'll just add a, a one New guy, at the we're end. like,
0: just look, we already made the nameplate. We We'll did just this. add a one to it. It Whatever. just
1: isn't economical so. to do it any other way. <laughs> so
0: he was Pope for 33 days, drops dead. I think there were people who were like, I didn't know someone that story. Someone did this. Oh, like, conspiracies I'm everywhere. I'm
1: rewatching the Borgias. Everybody's <laughs> fucking getting poisoned up in but the Vatican.
0: this guy... Didn't get to do anything, but he was Pope, and he was, I guess, well-liked. I think his nickname was the Smiling Pope, because all the Popes are, like, just stoic all the time. And this guy, Uh if you see the three pictures of him that existed in 78, Uh he's just like, hey... And that's it.
1: Real sliding doors moment, huh? Yeah.
0: I mean, this is 78. Remember, sexual abuse rampant in the church. So what are you smiling about, buddy? (laughs) Hey, We know what you're not doing in your 33 days in office. (laughs) Um, But I I think he just died of a sickness. It was sudden. It was unexpected. Whatevs. Um, So he died. His breath
1: smelled like almonds (laughs) mysteriously. That means it's cyanide.
0: 78. He died. Okay. Here's what's happening. Why is he in the news this Week because in seventy
1: nine my husband was born and they just proved that he's the reincarnated spirit of JP. One be a
0: better story. Okay, okay, tell me. Here's what happens.
1: Is he a Three, saint?
0: three close. <gasps> three decades later. Okay. In twenty eleven, some sick girl in Buenos Aires was, uh-huh. who was suffering from acute onset epileptic encephalopathy, which. I won't try to explain it. I don't know what it uh, is. The only it thing I don't know serious. is
1: encephalo- encephalopathy. Bad
0: brain shit. Okay. Um, I don't know. it's brain shit. Yeah. She's suffering. Yeah. She's a little girl. She had seizure seizures. Mm-hmm. She was intubated, mm-hmm. uh, struggled with pneumonia too. Clearly not gonna be doing well. Mm. As the story goes, as she's on her deathbed in Argentina. The family begins to. They're they're looking for anything they can do. Doctors are like, we're stuck. We got nothing for you. Mm-hmm. And the doctors and the nurses and the family get together and they're like, we need to pray. But who should we pray to? Because we're Catholics. Could JP you pray- one
1: isn't busy. I know. They're <laughs> like, should we pray to God?
0: No. Let's pray to John Paul the First who died. More than 30-some 40 years. 30, three, 43 years old. 33. You're
1: 78? I, I have such bad news you for you. me? Yeah. 78. I'm telling you, my husband was born in 79. He's 42 years old.
0: But that's now. This oh, is 2011. This is
1: as of 2011. Boom, I'm brown.
0: So, <laughs> so, they start praying to the ghost of John Paul I. Guess Uh what? The girl mysteriously gets better. And that's it, that we don't know anything else about her medical Mm. anything. I don't have the name of it. Well, maybe it exists somewhere. But,
1: you know, I worked with a neurosurgery nonprofit for a while. And one thing I learned there is that everything that happens in the brain is easy to explain (laughs) and easy to (laughs) repeat. So there's no reason that anything (laughs) should be inexplicable when your brain is just like weird as fuck. The brain is the
0: one part of your body doctors know everything everything
1: about. about.
0: So this girl gets better. We haven't seen medical reports or anything. All we know is whatever the doctor or doctors she had at the time couldn't mm-hmm. figure out how she was getting better, but mm-hmm. she did. Um, I did not find, I'm not saying this doesn't exist, only that I didn't look hard enough to find this. Mm-hmm. I don't know her name. I don't know how much medical history came out publicly, mm-hmm. but this is the story the Vatican is telling. Um And after that, the Vatican itself started looking into her story and the Vatican doctor said there is no possible scientific natural explanation for how she got better. Okay, Which we're... is Vatican doctors said this. I
1: really want to circle back to I want to watch a sitcom about the doctors in the Vatican <laughs> and just sort of like the shit they have when to deal When do doctors
0: with? say, well, a patient got better and we can't explain it? So, so we know there is yeah. only one conclusion, and it is that the ghost of John Paul I yep. specifically decided to help this child yeah. and nobody else ever.
1: Well, the problem is always going to mean nature abhors a vacuum. And so the <laughs> second there is a tiny gasp of somebody who's like, I don't know, everyone's like, God, <laughs> we did it.
0: It's very much a God of the gaps, Catholic edition. Super for this God Pope. of the gaps. Yeah. So here's the deal. That is what the Vatican doctors concluded. And because of that, the Vatican says, that is a certified actual miracle. And because of that, we can beatify this guy, which means he has one miracle to his name. If he gets two, oh. he gets to be a saint.
1: You only need two you only, miracles?
0: You, well, the fact that there has never been any miracle ever, two is a pretty high threshold. Mm except when the vatican doctors are the ones who get to certify your miracle and they're like what someone got better and we don't know how quick who did they pray to Oh, the ghost of a 30-plus-year-old dead guy? That had to be the reason we are doctors. <laughs> listen.
1: Listen, Hammett. First of all, I've performed, like, four miracles this month. You Last are, like, double saint. N- oh, my God. Yeah. Last night I got my entire party to Oregon on Oregon Trail, and everybody <laughs> was fine and in very good condition. So, yes. that's one that I just thought of off the top of my head. Also, this is all very... Do you know? Um, do you know anything about the, the book, The Spirit Catches You and You Fall Down?
0: Yes, I had to read that. Did you? Yeah.
1: In high school or college? Uh,
0: for med school, for orientation.
1: Really? Yes. I read it in college, too. Mm-hmm. Literature and medicine, so much in I don't believe so I read it. Common. I knew
0: enough about it, I'm like, I hate everything about this book.
1: Oh, Because what's the idea
0: (laughs) that people who have epilepsy and are fainting and stuff and these people believed it was a spirit doing it. And the doctors had to toe the line between like, how do we respect their culture and decide what's actually happening to these patients? And I believe the discussion that we had during like book club during Mm -hmm. orientation Mm -hmm. was, yes, we do have to respect their culture. And in my head, I'm like, but they're wrong. Just tell them they're <laughs> wrong. This is why I'm not a doctor.
1: Yeah, your bedside manner, o- would be, manner would be outstanding. <laughs> but I
0: believe that was the gist of the book. Uh, going into... Okay, okay, it's one thing for these people to have these beliefs. Yeah. I don't care what they believe. Yeah. It's my job to treat the patient, mm-hmm. so I have to be honest and not lie to people.
1: I honestly... W- I bet, actually, because you're, I think, two years older than me. I bet we read that book at almost the exact same time. Me, as it was my, um, that was my class. I took, like, my final lit class for my major, and, like, that I wrote my, like, bullshit BA thesis on, (laughs) was from this class that was, like, literature and disabilities uh, in general. And so that was the context that we read it of, like disabled writers and and how they do it. I would love to hear the discussion between, like, bright-eyed, optimistic 22-year-old Jessica, like, talking about this book and Hemet, who's, like, probably already pretty grumpy in med school and just, like, figuring out how... And I'm still, like, very, like, everybody believes different things, (laughs) you know? God is everywhere and no... I mean, I was an atheist, but I was still very, like everybody's beliefs should be respected no matter what they if, are or think or do.
0: To go back to this story, if this girl's family said, we believe Pope John Paul I's ghost is mm-hmm. looking over our daughter and ignoring the rape crisis in the church, sure. like I would be like, all right, you believe whatever you want. But for the doctors at the Vatican to say, we don't know exactly what happened to our brain, therefore we're going to jump to an insane conclusion and call it a fact... It's a certified miracle.
1: Can I tell you the other wild thing about it Mm. is they had their daughter, who they probably were very frightened for, but they were who like they didn't know if she was going to live or die. But they were still like, we're not going to bug God with this. We're going (laughs) to go to like not even one of the big popes,
0: one of the fourth tier popes. And listen, he's. Pope for 33 days, you don't know if he's in heaven. He
1: was smiley. Wait, why th- would his length of papal seat
0: he didn't determine do his... We don't know if he did anything good. How much good did he do?
1: Oh, I'm sure not very much, but he also... D- he did that much good or bad as a bishop and a cardinal <laughs> and whatever. So, like, I don't think it's... His papal length of stay is any like ding against him.
0: This was my favorite. I'm defending JP1. (laughs) This is my favorite uh, detail about the articles that have been written about the beatification of this guy, Uh which is they tried to attribute a miracle because, like, this is a former pope. He's high on the list of possible saints. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, we need to find two miracles. Everyone, go look for miracles that we can attribute to this guy. <laughs> they did that like in 2001 or three. Like and 2003. Like, and for seven or eight years, they were like, Chief, we got nothing. <laughs> we can't find anyone who's praying to this dude. And then in 2011, they're like, Sick girl, Buenos Aires, let's go. <laughs> And they're like, that's the one, everyone. We found one. Do you
1: think the notes were like, I bought exactly three pounds of lemons, like (laughs) on the button? Like, that feels like a miracle. I I finally picked the the fast lane in the. I just went grocery shopping today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The process for selecting what counts as a miracle. Um, And by the way, we played this same game when it came to Mother Teresa, because hey, she's already hey. a saint. Yeah. She got both miracles, mm-hmm. and they're both the same type of story, where it's like, someone was sick. They prayed to the ghost and a picture of her, Why? and then something happened. Why did
1: I always think that miracles had to were supposed to have happened like in the life of the person?
0: Uh, it, no, it doesn't have to be, necessarily. I don't know if that's a rule, actually. but I
1: guess that just feels like really does, low stakes for a saint. It
0: does seem weird for... A Uh 33-year-gone dude to be like, yep. I mean, just the logistics of their fantasy here. That he's, yep, he's stepping in, 33 years, doing nothing. But now he's coming back to heal an anonymous girl randomly and nobody else. Because we can't find proof anywhere else that anyone cares about this guy. Much less knows anything about him.
1: Um, Can I send you, send us on a quick tangent, um, recently, do you know the um, uh, John Hinckley Jr., the man who shot, yeah. uh, or, or tried to assassinate Reagan? Yeah. So he just got let out of, um, oh, I don't know if jail is the right thing, I think he was in a mental institution for all those years. Basically this man uh, tried to murder Reagan really early on in Reagan's pre- presidency um, to impress Jodie Foster, which is a banana story, but my friends and I started talking about, like, the sliding doors of it all. So, like, it was in his first year, Reagan's first year of presidency. Did we, have we talked about this already? I think we have. Did we? Damn it. I thought it was going to be a fun discussion. It, it, basically, what would happen if Reagan died? Yes, we what did talk next? about that. Because we thought George H.W. George Bush wouldn't have been charismatic yes. to carry off the ticket. Damn it.
0: Sorry. We oh. will move on to discussing uh, slavery. <laughs> I'm full of notes today. Real hard okay.
1: transition there, bud. Yeah,
0: David Barton, the Christian pseudo historian, who just so much. His whole thing is, I'm going to make up American history, and guess what? It promotes the Bible every single step of the way. And they call And all the historians, smug. yeah, all the historians are like, "You got none of that right." No. And he just keeps doing it, and Christians keep believing him. It got. It was. Famously, this guy wrote a book about Thomas Jefferson's life Mm -hmm. that his Christian publishers are like, you lied so much in this book. We can't. They published the Bible. And they're like, dude, you're lying too much. We can't publish this. And they took it off the shelves. Okay, that's David Barton. Here's what he said over the weekend at a church in California, giving them a typical lecture uh, he was talking about how the southern states, uh, before the Civil War, obviously the north is against slavery in mm-hmm. general, and the south has slaves in general. And he's trying to explain, like, in the north, yeah, there were Christians there. that were fighting to, as abolitionists and mm-hmm. stuff. So the question comes up, what's happening in the south? And so, how do you justify that it's the South? They're clearly Christian, uh-huh. um, but also they are slaveholders, slave owners. You know, there's like
1: a bunch of pro-slavery verses of the Bible. Yes, my dude, there are. Like, they
0: justified their slave owning with yeah. Bible verses. So here's what David Barton says about that. Oh, good. Uh, the Southern states were very Christian professing, but they didn't know much about the Bible and they didn't read it much. Oh. In the South, before the Civil War, (laughs) all the slave owners, none of them really read the Bible.
1: Oh, wow. David
0: Barton, who's never read the Bible, would like you to know that the slave owners never really read it when they were citing it all those times.
1: I'm just trying to imagine a family in the evening in, like you know, 1850s Georgia sitting around a fire and doing anything besides reading the Bible.
0: (laughs) Yes, what were their other options? Squid Game did not exist.
1: Squid Game was Um, not yet there. He
0: pulled a no-true Scotsman on slavery. On
1: slavery? No, no, no. On the entire American South. The entire antebellum American (laughs) South. Antebellum?
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, again... The idea that this guy has is famous for cherry picking the Bible to justify everything, to say, well, all the slave owners, they didn't care. The founding fathers, by the way, that oh. this guy loves so much included slave owners. Yeah. And the same Barton is like, oh, the Founding Fathers were huge Christians. (laughs) Love the Bible. We're a Christian nation. Uh,
1: So he's imagining that, like, the Mason-Dixon line (laughs) is, like, a wall that nobody's ever crossed. Yeah,
0: real Bibles didn't make it to the South. Only, like, three lines made it to the South. I
1: think uh, Antifa did that, or Antifa.
0: (laughs) Yes, Antifa made it to the (laughs) South and ruined all their Bibles. Um, here's a follow-up to one we discussed. Oh, that's the
1: end of it? Nobody pushed back or said anything? He said
0: it at a church. Nobody pushed back. I,
1: there's a lot of people I dislike for many reasons. Dave Burton is just such a weenie. And I know that's a really petty thing, but he's just like a slimy, gross weenie.
0: He has a son who is a clone of his. And so they do interviews together a lot of the times. And it's weird because it's just two Bartons.
1: Oh, I think I've seen that Twilight Zone episode. I would not like to revisit it.
0: (laughs) So last week we discussed that this report came out in France, France's Catholic Church. They did an investigation. uh, A commission was formed to investigate the Catholic Church in France. And Mm -hmm. like, what's the sexual abuse history in France of Mm -hmm. the Catholic Church? And the big revelations that this committee uh, said last week is that since 1950, Mm -hmm. so like 70 plus years here, there were... 333,000 victims of sexual abuse, allegedly, Mm. but this is what they've gathered through all their information collecting over the course of years. 333,000 victims and roughly up to 3,200 abusers. Many of them were priests, some of them were like lay volunteers for the church. Mm -hmm. So we discussed that last week and Mm -hmm. all that. One of the things the same committee also did is they made a series of recommendations like, hey, church, obviously most of these issues happened so long ago. We're not going to say this is happening now, Though there were some instances of alleged cases where it's like we could still prosecute this. So they gave the information to the authorities, but they said, here's some recommendations for things you could do. So this never happens in the future. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're the Catholic Church. The right answer would be yes. We will take all those Whatever recommendations. Whatever you need us to do, we'll implement everything. So
1: sorry. And
0: one of the things they recommended is one we've seen people recommend in the United States, mm-hmm. which is here is a simple one: if you're a priest who hears confessions mm-hmm. and people are confessing their sins to you, mm-hmm. it is a real thing that people who molest abuse children mm-hmm. confess that in the booth Mm -hmm. to priests. Mm -hmm. And the response from the priest is, I don't know, say this, if you, you know, if you really repent and you say your Hail Marys, whatever, you're all good, Mm -hmm. right? So the question is, like, why not force the priest to say, if someone confesses that they're abusing a child Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or that they've been thinking about it, or um, not even that, if you did it, you confess that you did it, Let's say priests have to tell law enforcement about I would about say it.
1: even if they say they're thinking about it, yeah. that would be a pretty good thing to share.
0: So teachers have to do that as uh-huh. public servants. Uh, social workers yeah, have to therapists. do that. Lawyers, yeah. I think, have to do that. Oh, like, really? it depends on the situation. But, like, if you're in a public position mm-hmm. and you find out about abuse, mm-hmm. it is your, like, ethical, legal responsibility to report that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a child, if, if you're a teacher, you're, you find out a student's, like self-harming themselves or they are getting abused and they confessed, confided in you. Mm -hmm. uh, It's your obligation to tell a social worker at the school. That's, okay, let's make priests do that. Mm -hmm. And here's the argument we've heard in the U.S. and now they are making it in France, which is, well, but the confession's secret. So we have to not break the seal of confession. That is literally the argument they are making now. Here is France's top Catholic leader, top bishop. Uh, He initially expressed shame and horror at the reports, but in an interview a few days later, he sparked outrage by rejecting the commission's recommendation to require priests to inform police of any child abuse cases learned about during the sacrament of confession. The dude said, The secrecy of confession is a requirement and will remain a requirement. In a way... It is above the laws of the Republic. It creates a free space for speaking before God.
1: Oh my God, I zoned out so hard. because not. J- I was mostly thinking about Midnight Mass, but also because I don't care what that guy has to say. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on this, and one of them is that the idea of confession and the idea of there's a reason that many people who commit horrible crimes end up saying something to somebody they end up slipping up they get drunk they they say too much they get sloppy and it's because not being able to confess something holding a secret holding this great shame is very psychologically (laughs) exhausting for a person so not only does the Confessional, if, if I am a, uh, a child molester and I go to confess to you, not only does now two people know that children are being harmed and nobody's done anything about it, but two, that gives me the release I need to unburden myself, be told, I'm forgiven, and it's okay. Because really, I guess the problem they're having here is, what if the molester doesn't get into heaven because he, we don't do, because we don't hold this thing sacrosanct or whatever? So I know it's a wild take from me, your friend Jessica, but I think we should maybe prioritize the health and well-being of uh, children and vulnerable people over this bullshit sacrament, and especially over the psychological and spiritual well-being of the perpetrators.
0: Here's one bit of here's one possible good news here because in the U.S. we take religious beliefs way too seriously. We give them a lot of leeway, but in France, that's not necessarily the case. Oh,
1: interesting! And
0: President Macron and his interior minister have met with that bishop, uh, and I'm quoting from the article here: in order to quote, make sure that things are clear. That nothing takes precedence over the laws of the republic in our country. Wow. I don't know, and I, I think it remains to be seen if France can basically force them to like, we're going to oh. punish you if you find out about this and you don't say anything, and then we learn about that later. Uh-huh. Like the priest was caught, or I'm sorry, the the molester was caught, and he said, <laughs> "Well, I told the priest about it." and Tate we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we find out, uh, then we can hold you accountable and sure. we can punish you and legally come after you for that. And. I hope they do that. There's no, it's not a law. They didn't suddenly write one like this week, but it is possible for France to come down on those priests and say, no, you're going to do this. I hope that's what they do um, because they sure as hell have not done that in the U.S.
1: Some American Catholic uh, leader, I don't know, a leader in the Catholic church or an American political leader, like in the last few years said that he would rather go to jail than,
0: than reveal
1: something somebody said. And, And and confession. And yeah, like after you, sir. <laughs> it's
0: like a cop saying, What? I don't want to get vaccinated. What are you going to do? Fire me? Yes, yeah. we'll be safer. You don't care about the public. Yeah. Bye. See, never nerds
1: like United. I loved the thing with the United where they're like, We're going to mandate vaccines. People are like, Fine, we'll quit. And they're like, Okay, yeah. like, what, oh no, don't, oh no, you're <laughs> leaving. I'm sure you're so sanitary in your work because you don't believe in science, right. so big you loss. You don't care
0: about the patients. You don't care about the uh, passengers. Like, if, you, if, you don't, if you're a cop and you don't care about the health and safety of the public you're supposed to right. protect, right. why are you here? Yes, please, let the garbage take itself out, you know? Whatever. Uh, let's talk about Joel Osteen. Okay, you, last year... Uh, During the pandemic, remember businesses could get those PPP loans that said, look, we have to shut down because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. but we got bills to pay. We got staff to feed you can apply to the government for money to cover your ass and Mm -hmm. cover your employees for a while. And the problem with what they did is they said, yes, we're opening this up to nonprofits too because you got to shut down as well, Mm -hmm. and that includes churches. So churches could apply for loans from the government, churches that don't pay taxes, but neither do nonprofits. But nonprofits are transparent in how they use money, churches are not. So... Churches could apply, and that became a story, because certain churches, like, why are you asking the government for money? And Joel Osteen, the, the smiley preacher, uh, his Lakewood Church in Houston asked the government for money to cover their employees.
1: Oh yeah, I remember this. They asked
0: for nearly 4.5 million dollars.
1: Well, they have to keep that super dome that they pray under <laughs> right. at a crisp 72 degrees. Yeah,
0: so they I, I don't know if they asked for 4.5, but the Paycheck Protection Program huh. gave them a loan huh. uh, that they don't have to pay back of up to 4.5 million dollars. And according to the application that was made public cuz that was true for everybody, um the church said we need to pay the salaries of 368 people. And because it's under like 500 people, there's no obligation to pay it back. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's what we found out last year. And of course, the commentary at the time is... This is one of the largest megachurches in the country. Mm -hmm. The guy who's running the place, Joel Osteen, is known for spreading prosperity gospel Mm -hmm. theology, lives in a luxury mansion that's like 10 million bucks, drives a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar car. Well, and
1: his veneers require several coats of shellac a day. (laughs) It takes a lot to keep those pearly whites so gleamy. And the other thing is... They don't even
0: have to shut down church. Of all the churches in the country, this one is pretty well-equipped to live stream shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. do it
0: every week anyway. If they yeah. need money, they can may- tell people through video, well, like, and hey, give us money online. imagine how
1: much easier it's going to be for them to like collect ties when all you have to do is click a PayPal button instead right. of, like, remember to go get cash before church <laughs> like it's 1998.
0: No, I should say, even at the time we knew, like, they said, and they made it clear Joel isn't getting any of this. He doesn't take a salary from the church. He makes money off of his books and his other shit. But like, this isn't money for him. So they were very adamant. Like, hey, Mm. media, don't say this is for him. It's not. We employ a lot of people at the church. but because all of the
1: people who support him (laughs) and (laughs) fly his planes and shellac his teeth. (laughs) It's a big staff event.
0: Yes. And so when the newspapers, local papers are like, why the hell does your church need for... Joel Osteen could reach in his back pocket uh-huh. and give you that kind of money. <laughs> he and has the that church- kind of
1: money stuck in his big <laughs> teeth. <laughs>
0: Mean.
1: Listen, I normally don't make fun of people's looks, but fuck that guy, (laughs) seriously.
0: So the church said, as the shutdown persisted month after month, given the economic uncertainty, Lakewood finally applied for the PPP loan. Which is true, because the first batch of loans Mm -hmm. did not include them. The second batch that we learned about included them. So for some reason, they were like, well, we could last a month without this money. Wait, there's free money to have? Mm -hmm. Please, let's apply. Okay, I bring that up. Because, oh, by the way, no, I'm sorry. One other thing. Uh, after all the backlash last year, uh, remember Hurricane Harvey when they didn't house people in their church? Oh, They've, that's since,
1: all I think of yeah, when you talk about Ulstein. They have
0: gotten better about that, but like, they got a random They've two, gotten
1: better in subsequent have, hurricanes. Yes,
0: they are housing people now. But Tyler Perry, the, the actor mogul, gave them $250,000 as a gift. Like, you don't have enough money, church. Gave Let whom? Me, the church.
1: Tyler Perry did that? Yeah. First of all, from Tyler Perry, that's a laughably small (laughs) amount of money that he found in his fucking couch that day. And also, really, Tyler Perry? Like, I don't know, bud. I don't know about that guy. So
0: the Houston Chronicle this week says the church is now paying back the loans. Here's... I'm going to read you a little bit. Lakewood provided a statement from its bank showing it has made payments on the loan since January. Here's what we don't know. I don't know how much they're giving back. Like, okay. is it every month? Is it a giant chunk? Is it all of the money? Yeah. Is, I don't know. Are they
1: auto withdrawing from checking? For some reason, that
0: sentence I just read you is what the Houston Chronicle said, but we were not told any further specifics. Oh, wait, that's it? That's it. Okay.
1: So do we, you said up to $4.1 million? They received
0: $4.4, 4.4. million. Dollars.
1: Okay, you said up to a couple times. So I wasn't sure yeah. we were getting, we knew the right number, Four, the exact number. $4,436,224. Okay. $4,
0: okay. And the Houston Chronicle says they are, they have made payments on the loan since January. Now sure. the Daily Beast, and I, this is what I saw floating around online, the Daily Beast said the church has fully repaid the loan. But they're basing that on the Houston Chronicle story, which does not say that. So I do not think the church has fully repaid the money.
1: The Daily Beast fully misreported?
0: I think so. That's my read on it. Ooh, Um, that's
1: kind of a big deal. It
0: is a big deal. The Houston Chronicle that reported on this first did not say it was fully repaid, only that the church is making payments towards it. Okay. But either way, this is voluntary, I should say, on the church's part, because because of under 500 employees, they don't have to pay it back. Right. But it does mean in theory. This is, I think, why the church would have told the newspaper about it. Look, we're doing better now. So, look, stop yelling at us about taking the loan. We are paying it back Mm -hmm. as much as they feel comfortable Uh, sharing. Which is nice. Fine. Good. You should pay it all back. Because of all churches, you are the ones who could do it. Um, I feel like they could have sent a stronger message last year if they said, look, Yes, everyone, we are struggling right now because we rely on in-person services to do everything we do, but it's okay because we have our members and God on our side. Other people need the financial help more than we do. It Mm. would be unfair for us to take $4.4 million from a pot that's really meant for small businesses. Imagine if they said that last year instead of trying to cover their tracks now.
1: But the thing is, the people who this need, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and you can tell me, and will tell me if I am, the people who care about that kind of shit aren't really bothered by this, right? Like, they don't, like, people who believe in that church and are donating in that church don't give a shit that they are, like... Taking advantage of the government. I, I'm sure they yeah. think it's like a holy spiritual good thing that the government should be giving them more money. And we're going to stamp and scream and, and, you know, wave our hands and be annoyed at it. And like, yeah, they come out on top every time. Nobody cared. Nobody, because they did it all pretty quietly. And people who care about that kind of who care about Where their money goes, if they're donating the church, they're not going to give a shit if they're like, oh, well. Yeah, it's
0: mostly for outsiders and critics who are like, oh, Joel Osteen, (laughs) they didn't house anyone during Harvey, and then they tried to make excuses for that, and now they haven't. And now everyone's like, oh, they took money for the small business loans, and they're like, stop. But listen, like, go
1: on any social media platform, and anytime somebody's like... Trump, it just, we just proved that Trump stole $10 trillion from a dying country in Africa. There are still, to this day, people are like, well, he didn't take a salary from when he was president. Oh, so, God, yes. like, genuinely, yeah. like, people hear what they want to hear. It's super confirmation bias, but, like, who fucking care? Like... Yeah, he Ugh. did the right. They hundred percent did the right thing. They're you know richer if they pay it back. Fine, they don't have to if they pay it back. That's they're gonna Good advertise it and yeah. big public, They already are getting publicity because they said we have started paying it back. We this is a lose lose situation for all of us Ugh. except for Joel Osteen and <laughs> and
0: his teeth. Thank you, thank you. That's a good time to talk about our ad sponsor. Oh
1: boy, are you sure we don't want more distance? (laughs) Nope, we're doing
0: it now. Uh, Last year, uh, last a few months ago, I should say, I was trying to get a present Mm -hmm. for my parents who are not very easy to please Mm -hmm. so the one thing they do like is my kids Mm -hmm. so I grabbed a picture of my kids I uploaded it at Mm paintyourlife.com and they basically took that picture and they said we could turn this into a large professional hand-painted image Mm -hmm. uh, painted of like any size you want and so I got to pick the artist I or have them pick for me which I was fine with they gave me multiple opportunities to check out drafts of what they were doing in case I wanted to make any changes. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, make the kids cuter whatever you want to do. <laughs> they did. They did everything. Um, and her. I got the final product and it was awesome. Yeah. And I gave it to the parents and it's like, oh, it's all the love I never received. Yeah. As a child. They loved it. It's an awesome gift. It was personal. Well, your kids it haven't was...
1: disappointed your parents yet. Oh, so
0: soon uh, it's personal. It's different. Uh, it they will take any picture you've got, and the quality mm-hmm. really is just yeah. phenomenal. And you can get it, the final portrait, in as little as two weeks. Uh, at paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now, for a, as a limited-time offer, you can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get that special offer, text the word FRIENDLY to 64000. That's FRIENDLY to 64000. If you text FRIENDLY to 64000, uh, PaintYourLife.com will get you that picture. So Paint Your uh, paint your Life, celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at PaintYourLife.com slash terms. Again, text FRIENDLY to 64000.
1: Listen, Christmas is around the corner. You don't know what to get for your sister-in-law or your weird aunt. If they have a dog or a cat, get them a fucking painting of that animal, and they will lose their mind. As somebody who owns a painting of my dog, I can verify <laughs> this is true.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about our favorite go-to person, mm-hmm. uh, the Christian mom Cut. at oh. One Million Moms. Let me tell you what she's mad <sighs> Wait, about what's this her week. Name? Monica she's- Cole.
1: Monica Cole. Who hasn't That's been I have, have to name say Alex.
0: I haven't seen her do an interview in years. I don't know if it's still her, but her name does appear on the okay. letterhead. I
1: recently just saw a picture of her and I had never wait. Yeah,
0: yeah. you were. Am I thinking of it's from an older interview if you've seen a picture. Okay. It's, just, it's weird that it's uh the American Is she older fam- than
1: I expect her to be? Or no? no. Probably okay. Younger. I might be thinking somebody else. Um
0: it's an American family. Uh, association off group. Gotcha. So, anyway, one million moms, uh, which is really just one mom. Mm-hmm. She's mad at Credit Karma, uh, be- which is basically one of those sites that, like, will give you your credit score because they had a short ad. I'm going to describe the entire (laughs) ad to you. Mm -hmm. It's basically two dads arguing about, not even arguing, they're saying like, well, we've got to buy a new car or something. Ah, but our credit's not very good. Uh Well, I can check our credit right here. Boom. And the number shows up on his phone. And that's the whole ad. How
1: do we know it's two dads? Are you sure it's not just two men who talk about their credit score like men do? It is
0: two men sitting at a breakfast table with two kids. Ah. It is a family. That's the assumption. And here's what Monica Cole slash One Million Moms says.
1: Can I guess? Can I guess? Yes, please. Um... When I see this picture of this family sitting down for breakfast and discussing their credit score, it makes me feel insecure because my family never sits down and talk about anything at the table. And so I'm insecure and so I'm lashing out.
0: That reminds me of Tucker Carlson tonight lashed out at Pete Buttigieg for going on paternity leave because he just adopted twins. Was yeah. it twins? He adopted Twins. T- yes, yeah, he adopted twins. Wind and girl. Tucker Carlson's like, oh, paternity leave, what? Did he need to learn how to breastfeed? Ha ha ha, I'm a conservative.
1: Kidding. Which is
0: like, dude, you know dads, some dads like to spend time with their kids. Well, weird dads.
1: <laughs> uh, let's like when Pierce Morgan called somebody a cuck or whatever. Yeah. It was either a James Bond or an Avenger, but somebody was, like, just carrying their, like, infant in a, when it was, like, front carry holder guys, yes, and it was, yeah. like, left his balls back at the <laughs> cave, bat cave or whatever. That's not what he said, it's but I wish he that
0: did. <laughs> stupid, yes, is the point. So here's what Monica Cole says about that harmless 15-second commercial. Oh, yeah,
1: I forgot what we were talking uh, about.
0: Credit Karma should be ashamed, ashamed of their latest commercial's attempt to normalize sin, By featuring two men together, promoting same-sex relationships has nothing to do with marketing their product, dot, dot, dot. This is very clear in Romans, a chapter in Romans, about this particular type of sexual perversion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then she added that this ad is pushing the LGBTQ agenda. By the way, here's what Romans uh, chapter... It's a great
1: agenda. Of course we're pushing it.
0: (laughs) Romans chapter 1, verse 27, which she cited. It says, men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. What is the penalty, Monica? What is the penalty, do you think?
1: Oh, what is it?
0: Execution.
1: Oh. Wait, can you describe what it was on Kleenex?
0: Uh shameful.
1: Shameful acts. acts. Yes. Yeah. But again, I
0: just wanna she's saying this is normalizing sin. Mm-hmm. All they did is show two dads at a table having a commercial not even an argument about their credit score, and one guy's like, here's my credit score. Thanks, credit karma. And apparently like... the sin is the existence of gay people. Yeah. Cause it's not like they did anything sexual in the commercial. Also, I believe they were like two different races, which you know pissed her off.
1: Honestly, almost any time they show two dads or two moms, they're almost always different races because I think TV producers are like, we cannot have people think these people are sisters anymore. We just can't deal with it. We just don't know how to tell them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, what I'm trying to figure out is like if she's saying showing the two dads normalizes sin. Sure. And by most conservative Christian uh, spokespeople, what's sin? What is the sin? Homosexuality mm-hmm. is not the sin. It's the actions. So when she says this normalizes sin and she wants a neutral commercial, what's the neutrality she's going for? Because if they showed a husband and a wife...
1: Well, I mean, the does other day, she suddenly
0: not see sex? Now it's like, yeah. yes, that's neutral. Nothing day, happens when straight people get together. The other
1: day, I saw a Kix commercial, and there are two kids eating their kicks, and the mom and the dad were just full on banging at the right. breakfast table. And that's how I like my commercials: <laughs> you are heterosexual com- and explicit.
0: <laughs> God, these people! <laughs> I it's almost gotten to the point where. She's getting. She has nothing to get mad about, so she's really stretching. Like I'm saying, this to and someone who follows her religiously. She's
1: getting for the big guns like credit karma. Like she,
0: she has nothing. It used to be like ac- actively, explicitly, like yes, we are supporting uh, LGBTQ rights or the Pride Parade with our product, uh, right? And or- then she gets mad about that, which is stupid, but also I get why she's mad about that. But now she has nothing, so she's like, this Sonic commercial, a woman said, I don't wear my bra when I'm like going out in the morning.
1: Yeah, I saw the commercial. She's mad about that, too. She got mad about that, too. She must have big tits like me, because, yeah, it does sound uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let us move on.
1: I tell you the fastest story. That is even oh my, my big God. story. I was in a wedding this week. In a wedding, I was at a wedding this weekend in Wisconsin. In a hotel that was both hotel and water park. You know, nice, like nice. you do. Anyway, um, I I was like. My husband and I were kind of palling around the, with this other couple because we didn't really know anybody. Anyway, by the end of the night, found out that the dude was a Trump supporter. I suspected it because he said that he went to the gym two hours a day, five days a week. <laughs> and she said, I'm very, quote, unquote, my body, my choice with the vaccine. So I was keeping them at a, <laughs> an arm's distance. But, you know, you just need to drink with in in Wisconsin sometimes. Anyway, he admitted he was a Trump supporter. And I yelled at him. In a bar loudly, and it felt so great. I'm glad you got that out. It was really, <laughs> it was, he said, I just, he was better for the economy, and I yelled, oh, economy. Jesus, fuck. I yelled, like, the economy, Jim is his name. I yelled the economy, Jim. Haven't so fucking loud. I would have shut down the power grid. I would have overpowered these <laughs> microphones so hard. And then that was the last time he was allowed to talk to me. But the cool thing about storming off from a hotel bar is you can bring your drink with you. <laughs> so I just... As you
0: go down the water slide. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Now you Listen, do they're it. for
1: kids, but adults can do them too. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway, that's it. We're going to Idaho. <laughs> Check this out. You know-ho. Uh, there is a... Potato. Drink, drink your drink. There's a guy named Pete Colson, who, uh, in Idaho, he spent part of the summer. He was appointed to a task force mm. that was spearheaded by Idaho's Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeechan, who's the insane person who, there's a Republican yeah. who's the governor, and then he like went to a governor's thing, like in another state for a day, and she's like, I'm taking over. We're not doing masks anymore. She's a
1: full on loony bitch. Yeah, bin. she's the
0: one who is in a commercial where she is in a truck, holds up a Bible with one hand, and a giant gun in the other. It's like, you're yeah. trying to, st- you're you're worse than a stereotype now.
1: It's so anyway, funny when they do that. That
0: woman, <laughs> yeah. the lieutenant governor, yes. appointed a commission that was dedicated to weeding out left-leaning curricula in Idaho's K-12 public schools. And by left-leaning curricula, they mean we can't mention, like, racism or slavery. Oh, critical race theory,
1: the boogeyman of the yeah. right.
0: Yeah, um, so that's what she appointed this guy, uh, Pete Colson, to be on that task force. So it tells you his political agenda as well. Right. The reason that is relevant mm-hmm. is because recently that guy, who's only 67, went to the hospital because he was struggling to breathe, and then his body gave out, <gasps> and then he died. 67 only.
1: Of what? Wait, died what of you... COVID. Oh, of COVID? Yeah,
0: and he wasn't vaccinated. Oh, of course no. he wasn't vaccinated, but every obituary slash article about this dude I said he was does no oh. no it says something else it says he told his buddies he was vaccinated in christ
1: oh boy um have you ever heard of the herman cain report oh yes i have would you like to tell so i was talking to my friend and award the award so, uh, on Reddit? Yeah. Okay, the award. Okay, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. My friend Ann was, we were talking about like what we do to de-stress, to de-stress and like how much Schadenfreude do we lean into at this point? And then she told me about the Herman Cain Award. Hemant, would you like to uh, give an overview of this beautiful piece of the internet?
0: It's basically a collection of screenshots, like before and after screenshots before being, ha ha, COVID isn't real. I ain't getting vaccinated. I'm vaccinated in Christ. And then the second screenshot shot is, I am dead.
1: Yeah, it was someone little, else saying it that. was a little reductionist, but yeah, that's the idea. It's just a bunch of like, yeah, before and after shots. So like, I'd say he, uh,
0: he wins the award. He
1: definitely wins the by award. By the way, when
0: McGeechen uh, re- issued a press release after his death, here's what she said. Uh, the newspaper said McGeechen did not have any details on Coulson's death as of Thursday, according to her chief of staff. She just said, you know, I'm deeply saddened by the loss, oh, dot, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Covid Thoughts did not come up anywhere in that oh, that's mention. So w- what was she the didn't rank of, say.
1: What was this person's position? Who died? Uh, he
0: was just a dude appointed to this commission for oh, education. Okay. He is not an educator. He doesn't have any <laughs> skills or talent in that field. Wait a
1: but second. But he's a Republican,
0: so she's like, "I need you to come here because you're dumb like me." Are
1: you telling me that Republicans will lean on people who are not experts on anything as long as it re- ag- agrees with they their agenda? They will elect them president. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough.
0: Mm. Uh, one Okay, let's talk about this one. There is the chief of police in Tallahassee, Florida. His name is Lawrence Ravel. Last week, I believe last week, uh, this guy was invited to speak at a conference for other cops sponsored by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Mm-hmm. So basically the Graham family is one of their groups in the honor of Billy Graham. Okay, whatever paid three day trip. Come on down here, speak to the cops. And what does he tell the cops as he is introduced as the police chief of Tallahassee, not as random dude who's taken a weekend off. Mm -hmm. Right. He says to his colleagues, like uh, he says things like, "While I wasn't the city's first choice, like to become the chief Mm -hmm. of police. I was God's first choice. And I'd always, I'd always rather be God's first choice At my swearing in ceremony, (laughs) I was going to have as many pastors as I could get from our community come together. They they were going to lay their hands on me. Uh, But the ACLU didn't like that, he said. Mm. And then here's the line that really ticked people off he says to to the audience, what is your agenda for presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to your officers?
1: Oh, bro. Yeah, so the question
0: tonight that I'll leave you with is simply this. Will you live up to your title? By which he means it is your job as cops, as high-ranking cops, yeah. to proselytize to everyone under you in yeah. the department. Yeah, yeah. And again, imagine anyone it's doing that so for any non yeah any non Christian so religion
1: deeply inappropriate. Here's it's the, unbelievable. You
0: know why he wasn't the city's first choice?
1: Because that guy is dead, obviously.
0: Because in 1996, our guy here, Lawrence Ravel, uh-huh. shot and killed a black man and was acquitted by a grand jury later on on what I believe was like a technicality. And so, basically, his whole career is: Oh, you're the guy who's one of those cops who shot and killed
1: a black guy. He's the Marky Mark of small town politics. Mm. Did you know Mark Wahlberg murdered a guy? I did not. Yeah, he shot a fucking uh, a guy behind a, a convenience store counter. I think he's dead. I he might have no just blinded idea him. About
0: any of that,
1: Mark Wahlberg, murderer. <laughs> um, I think unrepentant murderer, and also the guy was Asian. And I think it was a hate crime. Look it up. It's not slander if I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) No, but it's 100% true.
0: As I was looking into this, here's an interesting one. The same Billy Graham Association invited members of the Seattle Police Department Uh to also attend a similar type of event. Mm -hmm. At the time, their chief, Adrian Diaz, uh, he publicly shared the message that he sent back to them, which is basically based on Graham's history and affiliations, Mm -hmm. the email has raised concerns that the Seattle Police Department may not be committed to the equity of our community's LGBTQ members. Oh, but today I sent a <laughs> department sure. <laughs> He's basically said today I sent a department wide email to rescind the invitation because its hosts do not share the inclusive values of the Seattle Police Department. Basically, like, you invited us to speak there, but, like, we know what you stand for. Yeah. That is not what we do. We're all saying no to you. Meanwhile, this guy in Tallahassee is like, what? A trip Mm. for the bigots? I'm in. Hey, cops, learn to preach Jesus to your officers. (laughs) Maybe, like, don't shoot people if you don't need to because you'd Um, almost never Yeah, but when
1: people are walking away from them and they're black, it's very scary. It's an optical illusion. If you're black and you're walking away, it looks like you're running full speed with a big butcher knife. It's a wild phenomenon. We're we're looking into it. We have our best people. (laughs) This is a... Binders full of women. Go ahead.
0: a, A palate cleanser, a less serious story. The... The Archbishop of Toledo in Spain is doing damage control this week. I
1: thought you were just saying because, Toledo, Ohio fancy. Sorry, yeah, the Archbishop of
0: Toledo, Spain. Uh, he's doing damage control because apparently someone said, hey, can we use this famous church to film a music video? And Uh-oh. he's like, yeah, that's fine. He signed I have no further some, questions. <laughs> he either signed off on it or someone under him signed off on it. And the video, I don't know the singers. It's a Spanish rapper and an Argentine singer. But here's the song. The song I can't believe we're is, not into
1: Argentinian rap it's so weird. The
0: song is called Ateo, Atheist. Uh-huh. But basically here's the the cheesy oh. gist of this song. The cheesy gist of this song is the lover ma- the guy lover is basically like I used to be an atheist but then you're an angel so there must be a god. <laughs> Yeah. I love very, pop music it's so dumb. Very cheesy pop yeah, music. I love it. And along the way, they're dancing in this famous uh, cathedral, the Toledo Cathedral. Like uh, it's I, if you look it up on Wikipedia, which I'm I did, I'm Sure, it's Toledo. It's, Can uh, I you very well could be right there. Uh, it was built in the 13th century, wow. represents the peak of high gothic architecture. <gasps> so like if you visit that city, it's a place you would go to. Oh, I'm looking and up. when you film the vi- in, in the video, if you watch it, of course, they have shots of them dancing around in there. Honestly, you, you know that uh, Ed Sheeran video where he's doing the ballroom dancing? Actually,
1: no. Okay. But famous. Yes,
0: Billion-type views, famous video. But, like, that's kind of what I saw in there. Maybe a little more risque dancing, but, like, sure. not really.
1: Well, and I'm sure it's the— They're doing
0: it in a room where you could see the— Clearly the architecture from the inside. Ooh, it's it's a gorgeous. Place. I yeah. just looked it up. So they're doing that dance. It's not an offensive dance. They're not filming like WAP in the <laughs> church.
1: Hey. It's a WAP love song. It also isn't offensive. It's a celebration of women's sexuality. Do better.
0: Sorry, thank you. So he's <laughs> apologizing for the improper use of a sacred place. What and was the that arch- Kid <laughs> Rock
1: song about Michigan?
0: Every one of them
1: Oh no, about. I just was gonna say that's not an illegal song, it's no. and we were buying Don't different sing Kid things. Rock on well this he rhymes things podcast. and things anyway. I'll think of it. I'm just going to keep singing the lyrics in my head. Uh,
0: One last one. Oh, I just like that he's getting more upset about, like, you guys, I'm sorry. I should not have let that happen in the church walls. Abuse, I got nothing.
1: This is definitely the worst thing we have the church has (laughs) ever been a part of. Thank you for understanding the stakes (laughs) of this. And
0: just one last uh, quick story for you, which is in this week's issue of The New Yorker, There is a story about a Christian organization called Teen Challenge. And it's written by uh, Rachel Aviv, who does these, I mean, everyone does in-depth investigations. But basically, Teen Challenge is one of those, we will help your teens recover from abuse. Like, they're addicted to drugs or something. We'll take care of them. That's the name of it. Okay. That's the song. (laughs) Thank you. That's what I was wondering. (laughs) They received federal money when George W. Bush was in office. Uh-huh. They got like hundreds and thousands of dollars in taxpayer-funded sure. grants. Um, and what do they do? They say, "We'll take in your kids. We will set them straight, and then we'll release them back set out to you. Set them straight, Whatever wink. it is. Yes, probably. Yes, yes. Um, and <laughs> in the story, uh, basically, we get a firsthand account from some of the people who worked there or had to go there. And honestly, this is worse than a prison in so many ways. Really? The the person they really focused on was a girl named Emma, who basically uh, her adoptive Christian parents didn't like that. They said she was too too sexually free, oh, which fuck could off. very well have meant like. Oh, she flirted with the boy once or something. Uh,
1: Wait, can you tell me again where this is?
0: Uh, The place is all over. It's over the country. okay, okay. It's It's not one location. But United States? Yes. Okay. Um, So basically, Emma, when she was like 15, she's grabbed from her home and taken Mm. like three-hour drive in the white van somewhere. Uh, And her parents basically signed a contract saying, yeah, she's yours. You get full control over everything.
1: Yeah, because Christians are monsters.
0: And here's what we got. She couldn't have physical contact with anybody for weeks. <gasps> she was prohibited to speaking from speaking to anyone except for like two girls who were her mentors, like girls in her position, but months later.
1: And definitely super straight and cured. All of
0: them straight. Yeah, if she ever spoke or thought about running away or confided to a like in-house counselor like I need to get out of here, Aww. they would add time to her sentence. Get
1: the fuck Um, And and, this is, they said she's too sexually free. So Uh, not queer necessarily.
0: Right. Here's what they said about that. Uh, There was a thing called relationship restriction. Uh, It was often used, which is um, any students who display unhealthy behaviors, which could have been flirting with the other girls there. They were told to act as if the other person were dead. No communication, no eye contact, nothing. Ugh, that's and how it was, cults work. Yeah, and someone said it was often used...
1: Discommunication, yeah.
0: Often used to keep girls who were openly gay or presumed gay from communicating. It was like their preemptive strike. Uh, one girl who was sent there because she was gay said the directors told her homosexuality was a detestable sin that would prevent her from finding love and fulfillment. Uh,
1: Have you ever seen this? One, f- one girl
0: ahead. said she was sent to a teen challenge in... Disney, Oklahoma, Real City, because her family disapproved (laughs) of her dating a boy who wasn't white.
1: I was going to guess that she was dating a not-white boy.
0: here's the biggest problem. Emma was sent there when she was 15. Uh Uh, I guess she was not just wearing a skirt. She was pregnant, but she didn't find out she was pregnant until a couple months into her stay there. And there's her dilemma now because she's trying to tell people, I'm pregnant. I need help. Can I get an abortion? And they're like, you asked us what? No. And then as she's getting closer to delivering the baby, they Mm -hmm. are not taking any health precautions on her behalf. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you still got to go through the routine. Mm -hmm. We're not providing you special care. Like, it was, she had to give the baby up for adoption, like, forced to do it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't really understand what she was even getting into. Like, it's that bad. And the point of this story is not that, oh, look, one girl had a bad experience at a teen ministry. It's that this place is still around, their ministry is still around. They say, oh, we don't do the worst of that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but they do a hell of a lot of it. And
1: again, these We're not types literal of. Literal monsters.
0: The organization exists there are still traumatized teenagers and it's not going to stop because legally speaking, they're probably within their rights to do all the shit they're doing Mm because the parents sign over control to these groups Mm. and it's all religious. Like it's not, (laughs) we're doing stuff based on our religious beliefs. Unless conservative Christians speak out against it, if their church ever mentions it as an option and people speak out against it, that's really the biggest leverage anyone has to stop what they're doing. Of course. And they're not going to do it. Like, how many stories like this do you have to hear from Christians who were deep into the fold and Mm -hmm. then got sent to these places who come out, like the the gay conversion torture people, who are like, yeah, I went through it. It was horrible. It didn't work. How many of those stories do you need to hear before people get figure this out and actually say, I can't be, I can't support that. I can't be part of a church that supports that. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking you to drop your faith in God if that's what you have. I am. But you can leave the church that supports that sort of thing. Anyway, read that article if you get a chance. It's Uh, hard to read, but my God, it's so detailed and it just, you learn about Emma's life and the life of these other people in it. And it's terrifying.
1: Um, was that your last story? Because yeah. it's such a glorious transition. And I had she- one more
0: about a woman who's going after a principal of her kid's school because the principal posted a picture of her hobbies outside of school. And one of them was like, I like the band Iron Maiden. <laughs> and the mom's like, she's satanic. And it's stupid.
1: You know, I thought that was going to zig, and it zagged on yeah. me. I really thought it was going to be the woman was like, one thing I like to do in my spare time is kidnap children and baptize them in the river.
0: Uh, well, that would have been okay then. <laughs>
1: uh, okay.
0: What's this radio story thing? That you, you I don't to,
1: know where you got radio from. It. you. Think
0: you I I don't know. Unclear. People are reading. Uh, Rewind
1: the tape. Uh, yeah, so um, you we live kind of close to each other. There's a Mariano's sort of uh, down down New York from us, and right next to that Mariano's it, our grocery store. Grocery yeah, grocery store. Um, it's like a Jersey grocery store. Yes. Grocery store. I only go there when I need tarragon because they it's don't the sell that at my. You have ever said. First of all, it's French cooking, so like get <laughs> off my ass. Oh, I have mac and cheese for you to send home with you and your new kids because I made some from scratch today. <laughs> it's really good, but Thank it made. You like 16 pounds of it. So I hope (laughs) your children like white people food. It's anyway. Um, But so uh, to get into and out of Mariano's to get back to where I live, you have to drive between two buildings, Um, a Planned Parenthood, and a waterleaf crisis center, <laughs> crisis center, which yes. is a from from what I can tell, and I've not gone in there. From what I can tell, is a one of those garbage Christian places that you go in there thinking it is a Planned Parenthood type thing, and all they do is tell you, oh, you can't get an abortion because of whatever. They're they're monsters. They're not helping. And one thing, there's sort of like a little a little grassy, like very low. I was going to say hill, but we're in the Midwest, so you have to understand a hill is like two feet of elevation gain. Um, And there tends to be a couple people, and I've mentioned them on this very show before, there tends to be a couple people sitting outside, and whenever they see a person walk in, they'll cross themselves, or they'll Uh pray at them. Um, And so usually it's one or two people. I've stopped and kind of said something to them. I usually flick them off because I'm classy that way. Um, and today I needed to get Tarragon. It was a Tarragon-related emergency, as I often have in my home. Um, and so I, I popped over there, and I would already gone grocery, I have, like, two stores that I go grocery shopping in, because that's just how I do. So I had all my groceries in the trunk. Luckily, no, like, ice cream or anything, because when I drove in, um, there were, like, maybe eight protesters out there. Okay. Um, so a woman and her two children... Un- oh, so it was uh, seven. So it was a woman. Wonder- These are people
0: protesting outside the abortion clinic.
1: Yeah. And I like protest is. Yes. Thank you. In front of the Planned Parenthood. Protesting is strong and they're kind of across the little roadway from it. Um, but they just sit there. They'll pray. They'll like 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 full on b- get on their knees and like do the the whole thing. Hold their their little rosaries. Uh, one woman was standing with her two, like, maybe eight, and nine-year-old kids and reading a pamphlet that was just passages from the Bible. I, I, I couldn't listen, and you'll understand, or I couldn't hear, and you'll understand why later. It, it was just people being shitty, but legally so, right? They're well within their rights. Um, and so I... I've had a, cough, a rough couple of weeks, Hemet. I'm not going to lie. I've talked about some of it on this show. There's a lot I haven't. It's been a rough one. And I drove by these people and was just filled with a righteous fury. And understand that when I'm filled with a righteous fury, it's usually yelling at people. It's less, like, violent the way would Christians are filled with righteous fury. <laughs> but I pulled in the Planned Parenthood, and I popped in, and I, first of all, asked if there was how I could volunteer, and they gave me a place to do that. And I also said, um, if I park in front of your building and play loud music and park between the <laughs> protesters and the building, is that okay with you guys, or is that, like, uncomfortable? They said, oh, no, 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 go ahead. <laughs> so I said, great, I have to go get some tarragon, and then on my way back, <laughs> And so I, I pulled in across, so, like, So there's, I say street, it's like not, it's like when you connect, uh, you know, we live in the, the, um, the suburbs. So there's a lot of, um, uh, strip malls. So it's like, it's not a street, it's like connecting strip malls. Uh, and so I just pulled over there in front of the building and trying to block as many people as I could. And. Thankfully, when my sweet husband and I started dating um, years ago, he made me a little mixtape of atheist songs. Oh, my God. So I wrote down all my windows, and I put on this playlist. And it's it's like a Bad Religion and like some Franco, DeFranco, <laughs> uh, some Ben Folds, not Brick, but My Philosophy, yeah. some Bright Eyes. Like, it's not all whatever, but it's a lot of punk rock-based music. So I just put that up really loud and just hung out there for a little bit. And then sort of, um, you know, I prayed on it for a second and I thought I was <laughs> too far away from the protesters and what I was doing was not as effective as I could be. So I just like flipped a Yui and then just parked directly in front of them, maybe four feet away from where they're sitting by the curb. Continued. I also had my book in my car, so I was just reading. I was genuinely just sitting in my 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 front seat my groceries are in the bag. I did have several frozen items I was concerned yes. about, but I was pretty fucking mad because I've had a couple bad weeks, Hemant. <laughs> and so I so I kind of flip a Yui and this woman who um, not you have seen what? A half an episode of Midnight Mass. Yes. Um, you know, Bev, the main lady who has like the very severe French braid yes. and is like the bitchy Christian. Yes. Which by the way. Y'all, can you all tweet at him and tell him he needs to finish Midnight Mass. It is a, I finished Squid Games for you, and it was very good. I need you to <laughs> trust me. So I flipped around, and similarly, was playing my really good music. Like it's good stuff. I think I was, it was I was playing Sorrow when I on Bad Religion, great song. Flipped it around, and this woman who looked very uh, kind of had like a, a chiller bev, like a more Karen bev vibe. She walked up to my open window and she's like, what are you doing? And I said, <laughs> oh no. and I said, oh, I'm just reading my book. <laughs> she was like, wait, why are you here? And I was like, oh, well, I just think it's really inappropriate for you guys to be here. So I just wanted to be here also. Yeah. And she was like, and I said, I just think what you're doing is pretty terrible. And she's like, why are you so angry? I was like, oh, I'm not angry. I'm reading my book. I'm having, a, which by the way, I'm reading a lesbian romance novel. Like, oh, mwah, gorgeous, all of it. And she said, and she said, do you have any children? And I said, no, I don't. She said, well, well, I, <laughs> I have... <laughs> did
0: two hours ago, but not now.
1: <laughs> I don't know where they are. Yeah. Do you have any children? No, I don't. Uh, well. I have three children, and I had four miscarriages. and, And I said, oh, my God, that's so funny. I had a miscarriage in November. I've been trying to get pregnant for two years. It's an incredibly painful process I've been going through. But still, reproductive health is, like, super important to me. So I think all of your shit is garbage. And she was like, well, I just, and I, I mean, I just want you to imagine this perfect moment of my life that happened to me today that as this woman is talking to me and like giving me her monologue, right? right she right, has her right. bit that she does. And I just reach in my, uh, I drive a Mazda. So the volume thing is like next to the seat, like where a parking brake would be. And so she couldn't really see me moving my hand. And so as she was talking to me, I just started turning <laughs> the music up louder and louder and she didn't stop talking. So I just rolled up her window. <laughs> And then I sat there for another 20 minutes, read about a chapter of my book, got home, none of my food was ruined. It was truly like, I just drove by them and you've never it's been like, in a fight. <laughs> you, you know, have you ever been in like a and you could just get that crazy adrenaline rush of like, I could flip a fucking car right now. Some people have that about their kids. You might have that about like your laptop sure, or right, yes. your iPhone.
0: <laughs> um, I just
1: had that like adrenaline and I was like, first, first. I'm gonna buy tarragon. Second though, <laughs> it's
0: like that lady finally realized she doesn't like it when people invade her personal exactly. space. That's great.
1: Uh, so anyway, that was my uh, my day today. <laughs> it felt very good. I think if I go to uh, go back to the Mariano's again, I might repeat that particular You're performance. Just gonna work
0: that into your grocery routine. I do. Like It's gonna I, take me 45 minutes two to get the food, right? And then a little yui.
1: A little right yui after. and like oh my god they have good salmon at Marianas but like is it gonna go bad because <laughs> it's fresh anyway so that was um that was my day and honestly well if nothing else first of all I hope that it really amused people second of all if nothing else when you see people being dick bags just like I wasn't up in her face yeah. I was just. I was violating her social space, not her personal space. Does that make (laughs) sense? I was...
0: You were interrupting her interruptions.
1: That's exactly right. So anyway, um, I feel... I I, I understand. And before people tweet at me, I understand. I didn't change her mind. (laughs) I didn't do anything good. But guess what? When I was sitting there, like, eight people drove into the Planned Parenthood, and I blocked the view of these dick bags for them. And, like fuck them they don't it's not unilateral they don't get to just walk over wherever is important to us as human beings and say what they're mad about fine i'm going to go to your fucking church and yell about priests raping kids we can all do shit if we want my husband's asleep i should stop <laughs> screaming listen oh boy come come hang out in portland i'm sure i'm going to have many more stories that uh, 1022 is the date in Portland, on the east side. <laughs> forgot what it's called. You can find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomkey. Um, let me know if you're planning on coming so we have enough like barstools or what the fuck ever. Um, if you need anything uh, for Christmas, it's coming up. My wait times are pretty long because I make everything by hand. So if you're looking for a custom cross-stitch for somebody for Christmas... Do it now. Do it now. Um, yeah, and that's how you can support us. You can always go to Patreon. You can always email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at, at gmail.com. Hammett, where can people find uh, out?
0: friendly friendlyatheist.com, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. Mm-hmm. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Bye.